This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's another day here on Let's Go There. And we actually just got done with a really exciting interview we'll be airing later this week. I know. I'm very excited. It was nice. Should we say who? Yeah, why not? Yeah, Lauren Haregi. From Fifth Harmony, now independent, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, doing a lot mm-hmm. of great stuff, has a new EP coming out. So, yeah, look yeah, out been, for that. Sorry. I've been wondering what the Fifth Harmony girls have been doing besides, like, if you're not Camilla or Normani, it's kind of like, where did the other three go? And so I'm very excited that we got to sit down and talk to her and and and, and find out what she's planning, because it's good. It is. Yeah, I was listening to music while putting on my makeup this morning. Oh, you were? I didn't I even know they it. sent us a link. Well... Go back now, and now I got email. something to listen to. Yeah, so I say now I got something to listen to later on. Exactly. Today. We've also got some good news here on the show on the Tea Report. Details on Kristen Stewart's engagement. Okay. Stick around for that. Plus, how transgender and non-binary students are getting educators to use inclusive language. Uh, that is at 3:25 p.m. Pacific, 6:25 p.m. Eastern. But right now, let's get into some what's trending this hour. LGBTQ widows whose partners passed away before marriage equality was legal are now officially eligible for Social Security survivor benefits. Uh, this week, the Biden administration dropped appeals in two class action lawsuits that had been filed by LGBTQ advocates during the Trump era to get the Social Security Administration to grant these benefits. And Lambda Legal had actually already won these lawsuits in lower courts, but then they did it, and now it's it's law. It's law of the land. So you can listen to our interview with Lambda Legal that we did all about this yesterday on WeAreChannelQ.com. It's a really historic event that's happened, and we're so happy that it has happened because now, finally, they get the, get the benefits that they deserve, these couples and partners. Now, 15-year-old Venisha Umashankar had this to say to world leaders at day two of COP26. Me and my generation will live to see the consequences of our actions today. Yet none of what we discussed today seems practical to me. You are deciding whether or not we will have a chance to live in a habitable world. You are deciding whether or not we are worth fighting for worth supporting and worth caring. Many of my generation are angry and frustrated at leaders who have made empty promises and failed to deliver. And we have every reason to be angry. Uh, Is it just me or does it continue to sound like she's auditioning for an episode of Bridgerton? I mean, like it's like I don't. It's like she's speaking old well, English. You know what it is? These young people. One, they're very brilliant and good on her. She's doing great work. This uh, a- activist, in many ways, but very sounds very proper. And also, just all of them speak better than all of us. Let's be clear. They're doing better things and they're speaking better than all of us. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, I just wanted to have a normal childhood. If I'm being honest. Hey, what is normal though? This could not be- this. I mean, I'm happy she's fighting for something that matters because she wants yeah. all children to kind of have a future childhood. Exactly. But like, girl. Uh, and we'll be bringing you uh, more about this and other news on what's trending this well, hour. Well, it's election day. It's yes. The, all the big elections are happening, and we're going to be talking about it. Exactly. So first, though, we have, uh, what's the tea? What's going on, Ryan? Okay, so yeah. 
Kristen Stewart, darling. Her partner oh, has. You. You're having a British accent. I know. I wanted to be. I wanted on. to be a Greta for a second. You know, go back to my teen years. Uh, but Kristen Stewart dropped some big news today. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Uh, Dylan Meyer put a ring on it. Uh, that is Kristen Stewart's partner, and uh, she announced on Sirius XM's Howard Stern show that Dylan popped the question after two years of dating. I mean. That's really a short amount of time for them to be engaged and, like, ready to, like, get married. She said this on Tuesday. We're marrying. We're totally going to do it. I wanted to be proposed to. So I think I very distinctly um, distinctly carved out what I wanted, and she nailed it. We're marrying. It's happening. Um, now, I guess the engagement news comes almost exactly two years after... Um, Kristen actually told Stern that she couldn't effing wait to propose to Dylan after just about three months of dating. She said, I want to be like sort of somewhat re- reasonable about it, but I think good things happen fast. Um, but actually, at this point, she must have changed her mind and was like, okay, I want to be proposed to actually. So, Dylan, step it up, propose to me immediately. All right. Um, so, yeah, congrats, girl. It's That's fun. Great. I love a good engagement story. No, that's actually really exciting. It's really, really cool. Um, But before we get out of here, I got to tell you all about something that's happening literally in two days. Shuttle Q and the Morocco Casino Resort and Spa are kicking off Palm Springs Pride Weekend with our first annual Divas in the Desert Drag Show galore, darling. Hosted by Channel Q's AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon and starring drag diva Rosemary Galore and Friends. Plus, guess what? The first 25 people to arrive get their first drink free. Ooh. I wonder if you can get a double. I don't know. Try it. Um, so join us literally this Thursday, November 4th, from 8 to 11 p.m. in the drum room at the Morago Casino Resort and Spa. And kick off Palm Springs Pride with Channel Q and the True Queens of the Desert. For more details, head over to WeAreChannelQ.com. Y'all better show up. Don't you embarrass Actually, us. Actually, I have a surprise. We are oh. going to speak to Rosemary today. They just told me. So. Oh, the dra- oh. Uh, the drag star. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, oh okay. we are specifically? Okay, well, specifically. great. Do we all have shots? Do we have some drinks? And we're going to be drinking in studio and have well, some shots. Well, that's cool. Yes. <laughs> because we won't be able to make it to the actual thing, so it's kind of nice we're to... Bring it here. Yeah. That's your tea report. Great. Well, next up, what you need to know about the elections happening today in Virginia, Minneapolis, and Jersey, and why they're so important. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The elections are happening today in certain states across the country, and they're a big deal as they have implications for President Biden's agenda and the Democrats' chances of keeping control of Congress in the 2022 midterm elections. And joining us right now is Mark Fisher, senior editor at The Washington Post. Thanks for being here. It's great to be with you. Okay, so what should we be paying attention to today? Well, Virginia is the main event. Uh, There are only two states in the country that have governors elected in the year after a presidential race, and that's Virginia and New Jersey. New Jersey looks like the Democrat incumbent Phil Murphy will uh, probably pretty handily win re-election, but Virginia is a real toss-up, and this is a state that in recent years has become more and more Democratic. They haven't elected a statewide uh, Republican candidate since 2009. So why is it all of a sudden so close? Well, uh, the Democrat, Terry McAuliffe, is is running for a second term. You're not allowed to have consecutive terms in Virginia, so he was governor four years ago. Uh, And his Republican challenger is a guy named Glenn Youngkin, who's never run for office before. He's a millionaire uh, investor type who uh, is trying to portray himself as a less scary conservative in a state that has leaned more and more liberal, and he has tried to distance himself from Donald Trump, even as he's endorsed a lot of Trump's positions. So in what ways could this race and the races that are happening across the country could really impact, you know, the Democratic Party and just the future of what we're seeing when it comes to politics? Well, we're seeing anxiety bordering on uh, absolute panic among the Democrats uh, who run campaigns across the country because of what's happening in Virginia today. So if the Republican wins, if Glenn Youngkin wins, uh, that will send shockwaves through the Democratic Party because it will mean that uh, voters are looking for something different just months after they elected Democrats to take control of both houses of Congress and the presidency. So it's a referendum on 
President Biden and the failure of the Democrats to get their big bills through, to get the big deals done that they had promised in their campaigns last year. Uh, and it's a referendum on whether the country is willing to move on and re-embrace the Republicans now that Donald Trump is no longer in office. Yeah, definitely. And it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. What else is happening across the country? Because we also have elections happening in New Jersey, Georgia, Pennsylvania. Well, uh, primarily what we're seeing around the country are mayoral races, local control, a lot of battles over some of the issues that came up over the last year regarding race and uh, policing, uh, crime, and those kinds of things. Those are the key issues in a lot of these mayoral races that we're seeing, whether it be in uh, Boston or Buffalo, a uh, number of cities, big cities across the country that have had a big explosion in crime over the past year, but have also had a lot of pressure from activists saying uh, you need to to tamp down on police violence, need to uh, reform the way prosecutors and police go about their business of keeping communities safe. So there's a big conflict within the Democratic Party and between Democrats and Republicans over how to structure police, how to structure criminal justice in this country, uh, and that's playing out in these mayoral races that are going on today. And I can't help but think about, you know, last year during all of the elections as well, and also the balancing the pandemic and the, the precautions that were in place and the nervousness that people weren't really going to show up and all these different things. Are we seeing that same type of nervousness? Are we are voters feeling more comfortable to head out to the polls to, you know, vote and, and do what they do? We're seeing lots of long lines, especially here in Virginia, where uh, the big event is happening today. So, uh, yes, uh, there are a lot of people did vote early, did vote by mail, did vote at early voting centers, but nothing like last year. That that uh, the, the the desire that the need that people felt last year to stay home and vote from home uh, that uh, that seems to have dissipated considerably. And so, there are lots of people coming out on the traditional election day today. But you're absolutely right that COVID uh, is changing as a big issue in in the number of these elections. So in the Virginia governor's race, the Democrat, Terry McAuliffe, basically structured his whole campaign around the idea that uh, he was going to be the candidate in favor of vaccines, in favor of masks, and he was going to portray the Republican as someone who was resistant to that, who was against mandates. And he thought that that issue would really put him over the top. And for a long time over the course of this year, it looked like that was working for the Democrat. Now, however, over the last uh, couple of months, that issue has not been Virginians don't feel that it's so much of a burning issue as it used to be. Mm. And so the Democrat, uh, McAuliffe, has really struggled to replace that issue as something that can really motivate his supporters to come out to the polls. Ooh, yikes. All right. Well, thank you for all those updates. That was Mark Fisher, senior editor at The Washington Post. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Well, next up, while Biden says his plan is fiscally responsible, moderate Manchin is calling it a gimmick. So what should we believe? A political fact checker joins us for that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Senator Joe Manchin has been in the headlines as the Democrat that continues to threaten Biden's social spending bill. And joining us right now to break it all down to see who's in the right, who's in the wrong here uh, is the fact checker editor at The Washington Post and chief writer Glenn Kessler. Thanks for being here. Try to be with you. Okay, so Biden says his plan is fiscally responsible. Manchin says it's all gimmicky. What does he mean by it's there's gimmicks here? Well, the you know, the uh, the way this plan was designed because of a particular parliamentary process in the Senate called reconciliation, which we don't have to get into. But they have a certain amount of money they can spend in 10 years. And, you know, uh, Manchin has said, I don't want to spend more than one point five trillion, one point seven trillion. Biden pays for all that with tax increases and, and, and better IRS enforcement, that sort of thing. But he doesn't want to throw out all the policies that he had in a $3.5 trillion bill. So a lot of the things he's proposed last only three or four years, and then they end. That keeps the cost down within that you know $1.75 trillion box. But it, it all, it's a, it's, you can also look at it as a bit of a gimmick because obviously – Biden and many Democrats would like those policies to be permanent and to continue. So that's what Manchin is, is objecting to. 
but I guess weren't there reports that were saying that he was actually kind of ready to move forward? And now it seems like as of as of a press conference, what was it yesterday? I mean, you're the fact checker, so you can fact check me. <laughs> that it now seems like he's kind of yeah, he's moved backwards again. What is happening there? Like, is there any way we can maneuver around Mansion because he is the worst? Uh, well, you know, you can't maneuver around Mansion because there are only 50 Democrats and you need, in order to pass something, you need 51 votes and you only get 51 votes. That's the vote from Kamala Harris if you have all 50 Democrats on board. Um, but at the same time, you know, Manchin is, uh, um, he says things, you know, he's, uh, but it, it's not necessarily, you can't necessarily take all the things to the bank. I mean, he is correct that there are gimmicks in the bill. It's like any congressional bill. I mean, I, I joke in the article that, you know, a, a camel is a horse designed by a congressional committee. <laughs> so there are, all, there are all sorts of trade-offs you need and in order to get a bill passed. I mean, one big problem that they face in the House is there are a group of Democrats that say they don't want to vote for it unless they have the opportunity to repeal a cap on the deductibility of state and local taxes that the Republicans had put in uh, under Trump in 2017. Now, that's something that I was just reading Bernie Sanders is totally upset about and says, you know, that's just going to award the rich. Mm-hmm. So if you lose Bernie's vote, you still don't have 50 votes, but you need those House Democrats as well. So that's the conundrum. Do you think there are going to be any like Republican support for this? Because if, I would assume if there's Republican senator support, then maybe that could lessen the veto power of like the two senates that have yet to kind of well senators that have yet to kind of climb on board with everything. Like, there's not going to be a single. There's not going to be a single Republican that will vote for this. No, oh, they've right. all made that. They've all made that clear. And Biden is, you know, is trying to do this as a package deal. He has the infrastructure bill, which is bipartisan. Um, and then he has this thing, which can only be passed with Democratic votes. Oh. There's just too many things in there that that Republicans oppose. And it's much easier as a Republican to just say, well, I'm not going to vote for that. So that's why he's stuck on having to deal with Manchin and Kirsten Cinema and that group of Democrats in the, from the northeast part of the country in the House that want to get rid of the what is called the salt deduction. He has to deal with Bernie. There are all sorts of people he he has to maneuver with, but it's all within the Democratic Party. You can't count on any Republican votes. Yeah. Is it always this complicated to get these things passed? Like, aren't they losing time considering they are they're controlling things right now or they're supposed to be? Right. Well, it is it is always going to be this complicated when you only have 50 votes and it depends on the tie cast by the vice president. Because that means every, as I mean, Biden said this the other day. He said this means every senator is a president, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because you yeah. got every senator has that. Uh, and Manchin and Cinema, who are more to the right of most Democrats, uh, have a lot more leverage to to get things out of the bill that they want or to get things in that they want. Um, and you know the. The question always is, for any of these lawmakers, is, you know, with a big, complex, giant package like this, there's going to be stuff in there that you don't like, but you're going to vote for it because of most of the stuff in it. And is anything in the end going to be a deal breaker for any of these people? Definitely. Well, uh, thank you for giving us all that great information. That was fact checker, editor and chief writer at The Washington Post, Glenn Kessler. Hope to have you back. Hope there's an answer soon. You're welcome. Bye. Well, next up, why social media is calling out Donald Trump for what he did at a World Series game. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Donald Trump is making news for another controversy and being part of it. So he attended Game 4 of the World Series and participated in the uh, controversial and problematic Tomahawk Chop alongside other Atlanta Braves fans. And it's actually been a tradition of Braves games, but it has been characterized as racist and been getting a lot of renewed attention after the team advanced to the World Series. Um... According to uh, David Pincus, who said this in, sl- in Slate, he said the chop and embarrassing artifact of a different era is about to go national. Ugh. Well, that's scary. Did you know about this before, Ryan? No, I didn't. Well, I didn't know about this because I don't watch baseball. Could care less. But um, anything with Trump always leaves uh, a trail of racism. He's like a snail. But instead of slime, it's racism. And I think that it's just really interesting that I think the president of the MLB tried to, um, well, the commissioner, he tried to claim that the indigenous communities around actually support the Atlanta Braves tomahawk chalk. No, that is not true. And um, Jason uh, Salesman, our salesman, a spokesman for uh, Chief David Hill of the Muscogee Nation, said that this guy can't base his opinion on any one stance from a Native community. He said, if you just go out and get a group here or they and say you're good, I don't think that's how Indian country works. You need to speak to the whole of Indian country and make sure that you get a grand consensus. I wouldn't say that they have that. Yeah, it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous, to be honest. We've seen, I thought we were kind of moving forward in sports where we're seeing a lot of more sensitivities be in place. We're seeing a lot of, like, sports team respect, um, a lot of things like from names being changed, uh, um, from just different, you know, just racism that kind of lingered or microaggressions yeah. that lingered. It felt like it. But it, it, at the end of the day, it clearly isn't um, because it's unfortunate that this is still happening. And it's unfortunate that our former president of this country decided to engage in such behavior along with everyone else. But at this point, do you think no matter how much sensitivity there is around it, I really want to know, do you think people are actually going to stop? My hope. Uh, unfortunately, there's bad people um, are everywhere still, even though we push for people to be good and just to recognize these things. So I think until people like Trump lead by example, we'll continue to see this. Obviously, there continues to be racism in this country. And so they're going to still think it's like, oh, it's funny or, oh, I don't need to listen to you because your opinion doesn't matter, even though you're saying this impacts you personally. Well, they're going to continue to do this. Um, I do think that it's up to the... Um, the sports teams and the the bigger organizations that own these teams to create these rules and guidelines and to say if you do this like it's not respected it's not accepted and so it, well, it's, it's just not, not like they're gonna kick people out like that's not gonna happen my thing I is, mean yeah you're not gonna like ticket people or I, like here's the, here's the thing I think what's interesting is like someone like who doesn't pay attention to sports could go to a sporting event and see everyone doing this sign and be like, "Oh, this is it! Oh my God, this I'm I'm and in you unison." Wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. You might know. not know. And so I get there's people like that, but then also something about 
the people that support Trump in the community, when you tell them no on something that oh, they yes. can't do anything, they're they're more so willing to enforce it and do it anyway. Totally. And so it's unfortunate because I don't know if this is ever going to stop, regardless of if the team says don't do it. I mean, yeah, like I, I just don't see how that's really going to change. Yeah. But I think it needs to be known that you can't just talk to one, you know, indigenous community and think you have the the go-ahead to do some racist crap. That's not how that works. The irony is, is you say that you shouldn't do it, right? And it's a form of activism not to do it. And yet to those people who are doing this, it's a form of acti- activism back to the those folks to do the thing that they're not supposed and to it, do. It's not a form of activism. Well, that's what that's they just, think. That's just totally. a privilege of white people being white people. Here's the thing. If you're... Well, if it's you're, gaslighting. Yeah, yeah, but it's also else. a privilege of thinking that you're you're maneuvering in activism when you're not. Here's the thing. If a marginalized community is saying they're offended by something, how about you shut up and listen? <laughs> there you go. Please. Said it. I have nothing else to say. Well, next up, how a GOP candidate wants libraries to out LGBTQ kids. That and more next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yes, we are back and more music coming up right here on Channel Q. But first, some news. Uh, Tiger King's Carol Baskin is suing Netflix. Details in the T-Report in a moment. Plus, educators are getting educated about using inclusive language, but some are pushing back. So what do we do about that? That's in 15 minutes. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. A conservative Republican running for the school board in Waukee, Iowa, has a plan for fighting diversity in education. Vin Thacker wants to, this is just horrible, by the way, to out children who check out books on LGBTQ topics. He also wants the person who ordered the book to stand trial in front of the board. So basically, if a child finds a book that's an LGBTQ topic, he wants to let everyone know, including the parents. Uh, And yesterday, Texas Governor Greg Abbott accused schools of stalking porn in their libraries in a letter to the wrong board, by the way. The Texas Association of School Boards is confused about the letter since they have no regulatory authority over school districts and don't set any standards for library books. So this is a major attack against uh, the community and specifically youth again, which is, is horrendous. Now, moving on, as more than 100 world leaders representing over 85% of the planet's forests committed to ending and reversing deforestation by 2030, this is um, at the uh, summit that's happening right now in Europe, Um, the Biden administration also committed to cut methane emissions by 30% by 2030, so all good stuff. uh, Steve Scalise uh, shared the Republican plan to address climate change. Yeah, well, first of all, we had hurricanes a lot longer than we've had changes in carbon emissions. Carbon emissions have been around since before uh, man walked the earth. I mean, you've seen 10,000 years ago, you can look at the record, and we had warmer temperatures on the earth than we do today because it goes up and down. We've had freezing periods in the 1970s. They said it was going to be a new cooling period, and now it gets warmer, it gets colder. That's called Mother Nature. Uh, But the idea that hurricanes or wildfires were caused uh, just in the last few years is just fallacy. Says the person who's never took a science class a day in his damn life. It's called just like, if you do something, there's a domino effect to your actions. I mean, yeah, if Mother Nature was here without all of us, that would be happening. It's not the case. It's literally going to have to turn into a scene of from that movie Day After Tomorrow for Republicans to be like, oh, I guess we're right. I feel like they need to go back to like kindergarten. Anyway, but yeah, it's true. Kindergartens are smarter than them. How dare you insult kindergartens across this country? Uh, All right. That was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Season two of Netflix's smash coronavirus pandemic lockdown hit Tiger King is set to debut later this month. However, star Carol Baskin is not too happy about it. Nope. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So Miss Carol is suing the streaming service and the docu-series producers demanding footage with her in the second season be taken out. This is according to TMZ. Um, Basically, she has been featured in the first season, of course. She's asking the judge to stop any videos of her and her big cat rescue organization in the upcoming season. The suit alleges that the scenes with Baskin shown in the latest trailer are misrepresenting what really happened during filming. The reality star wants the court to force Netflix to erase any footage of her in the promo materials, teasers, and trailers. I mean, girl, millions of people have seen it by now, so it's kind of going to be a little hard. 
She claims yep. in her lawsuit that the show reels are actually just unused film that didn't make it into the final cut of the original series. She also alleges that the producers are re, uh, recutting old footage to make it seem like she's giving new interviews. I mean, I would assume that all of the footage that you had in season one wasn't probably in season one. So, of course, they're probably going to go back and touch on the and continue the story. Yeah. It's all a part of the Hollywood magic. When you accepted that check from the first season... You probably signed on the dotted line being like your likeliness could be used yeah. in future seasons. So, Miss Carol, you and your big cats, y'all are stars. You wanted that. You did Dancing with the Stars. Like, what were you, you complaining surprised? about? Did you murder your husband? Who knows, allegedly. <laughs> she wants that to, <laughs> to go away. She wishes that would go away like her husband. Ooh, allegedly. Um, That's your T-Report. Your, I got more news and all the good stuff coming up next hour. Well, next up, transgender and non-binary students are getting educators to use more inclusive language, but some are fighting back. So what can be done about that? That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The conversation around pronouns is here and in some environments like schools across certain parts of the country. Unfortunately, it's more of a debate. Inclusive language is getting pushback. Grace Jung joins us right now, Director of Training and Accommodations for the BPS Office of Equity, to talk more about what's happening. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So what is the current state of gender pronouns in schools? Like, why is this such a big issue right now? Well, we really want to make sure, at least in Boston public schools, that we're ensuring all students know that they deserve a safe and affirming school environment. So one of the biggest ways, one of many ways that we can um, support students around that is um, ensuring that our transgender and gender nonconforming students have their preferred pronouns and names honored at school. Well, yeah, and I think that's such an important thing. But has there been pushback from teachers wanting to, you know, actually make sure they're recognizing the the correct pronouns? Because I feel like these students are really trying to, you know, say what they feel respect and feel comfortable while Mm -hmm. being at school for so, so many hours a day, right? And so what is that really looking like? Are teachers actually, you know, saying, okay, we're willing to figure this out and learn more. Honestly, what I'm hearing more often these days, and especially over the last few years, have been curiosity. A lot of teachers are actually really committed that we found to supporting students whenever they are expressing that they're interested in transitioning or using different names and pronouns, um, but don't necessarily always have tools to do it. And so that's why they contact our office and really want to make sure they're doing it right. And so it's really less pushback that I see and more questions Mm -hmm. and wanting to make sure they're doing this the right way. And one of the ways that we really um, guide staff whenever they have questions around this is take the students lead and how they want to um, transition at school. And so that's really what we're seeing more often, at least in Boston public schools. Really, yeah, that's interesting because um, in this article, it talks about the school committee in Ludlow, Massachusetts, which I know it's not where you are, but it's in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. They've been battling with conservative groups for months over how students' gender identity requests are handled. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing that there's going to be possibly in the future kind of an overall uh, rule or way of doing this that is – that is um, put in place versus this being a case-by-case scenario because that's where also complications or confusion can happen? Definitely. I think the most important thing um, that we recognized early on was having at least a policy, right, to make sure that there is a statement of affirmation of our values as a district. Um, And so one of the policies that we have um, is called EQT4 on transgender and gender non-conforming students, and it's actually a model policy um, across the state and the nation. And we think that's a really great start. But I think after having something in place, it's really more about working with schools and students individually to kind of figure out what their actual needs are on an individual basis. So what happens when teachers don't agree to be on board with this? Like, what, what, what happens then? Yeah, well... I think it's really less about what happens if they disagree and more about the fact that at Boston Public Schools, these are the policies and values that we have put in place. And so if anyone has questions, 
they're more than free to contact our office and really just ask questions about, you know, why this policy exists and how it's implemented. And so they can have those conversations with us. Um, but really, those are the values and policies that we're putting in place in Boston public schools. Yeah, and I just wonder with a lot of the conversation also around the pandemic and mask wearing, <laughs> do you think some of like the importance of like this conversation is getting lost behind some of the other things that are happening in the, war- the world right now? It's hard to say, um, but what I can say for sure is that there needs to be more conversation yeah, and sure. um, it needs to definitely be intersectional and making sure that we're taking into account all factors, um, especially when we consider the fact that our LGBTQ students um, have probably just been disproportionately disimpact, um, impacted during the pandemic. Yeah. Do you think with how other states are handling this and how it's being mishandled um, impacts the good and hard work you're doing and how do we all get on the same page across the country Um, Which I think because when one state does it in the wrong way, Mm -hmm. it could open up people who don't want to do it in the right way can take that and use that, you know what I mean, to to put Mm -hmm. in place where they live. Yeah. And I think that's definitely a difficult um, question to answer. I don't know if there is a right answer. What I know for sure is that we have to do what we are doing right now consistently and hope that our efforts, um, you know, can be modeled across the state and hopefully across the country. But yeah. it's really hard to call right now. We just have to be doing what we can right now, what's within our control. Definitely. That's true. Well, thank you for being here and for the work you're doing. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much again for having me. Yeah, that was Grace Jung, Director of Training and Accommodations for the BPS Office of Equity. Uh, thank you again. Well, next up, Little Nas X's Montero got a G-rated twist for the kids, but they censored some key gay parts. Is that okay? The debate next. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Kids Bop. You know uh, the company that does the, the what's it called? The uh, covers. The, kids bop I don't is. know. Just in case someone doesn't I, know. The kids covers of mainstream songs. Were you into this when you were younger? Of course not. Okay. I feel like I bought maybe one a long time ago. Or one of those best of ones. Anyway. But they did a cover of Montero. You know, Little Nas X's Montero. And basically censored all the gay stuff out. Is that okay? Let's play a clip first. I called you back yesterday. You hit me with a call to your place. Ain't been out in a while anyway. Was hoping I could catch you with a smile on my face. With all that talking, you don't even have to try. You're cool enough to hang with me tonight. Looking at the table, yeah, I see the reason why. Maybe you live in the life, but yeah, you gotta live it right. Singing and dancing with your friends. You live in the dark, yeah, I cannot pretend. I'm not faced, only here to win. I mean, I guess you know you made it when you end up on Kids Bop. It's so cringy. Sounds like, as producer Vanessa said, a bunch of chipmunks. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> Those are high-pitched, prepubescent children's voices. Uh, <laughs> Before you hit puberty, you do sound like a chipmunk. That's what I'm talking about. So, should they have even covered this? I mean, we all know what it's all about. And... It also just does include things that they probably wouldn't have wanted to put in there, like cocaine and drinking with your friends. Uh, it's not appropriate for the kids. 
But is there a way they could have kept the gay stuff in? What's like, did the they need to delete? Well, the they said stuff? we're hanging with the friends, which he actually says they're hanging with friends. But it was about like yeah, a guy's perspective of it. Was the video was the only thing that was visually gay? So the song was kind of like regular. If you know what it means, then you know what it means. But like the things that they took out was like cocaine and drugs, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. But like, and there was also a music was video. Actually- if you're wondering. There was a Kids Bops music video. Yeah, but I don't think any of the lyrics explicitly were, like, queer. Queer-centric? No, they have, they have, obviously, they have a queer meaning, but it, you would have to watch the video to get the full queer extravaganza of it all. Yeah. So it's okay that they did a Montero song. I mean, kids well, deserve to, honest, to hear this. I, they, honestly, if it's Kids Bops, they probably shouldn't be covering songs that are about drugs and stuff, if that's what they're so in, you know, if they're censoring that. It's kind of like, that's weird. It's just like, if I'm going to play some songs for my kids, is it going to be strange, off, like strange covers that are that different? Song as is. I'm not going to play kids' Bob songs. Yeah. Or you just play a different type of artist for kids, right? Like, if there are more G rated artists, is like a little Nas X not considered necessarily G rated? I I think, I mean, I don't think Lil Nas X has ever been a kids' artist. (laughs) Not Um, like Barney. But I don't. I also think kids are going to listen to whatever they want to listen to. True. Because if they're not listening to it with you, they're listening to it somewhere else. Like if they search on Spotify, I guess like if there was a parental control on Spotify or any of these things and they searched Little Nas X Montero, would you this do would that? pop up. Would you put a parental control Ooh. on your kids? I have not ta- thought about it. But something to think about. At like what age, well, right at what now, point? Do you, you, at what real- point? I feel like... At a certain point, you need to build in. It's not just the trust, but you need to be able to build in their ability to choose what, like, and just taking out the choice. Do they actually learn what's maybe appropriate or not? Or are you cutting out the learning, right? And they're going to just discover it anyway and then get resentful, mm. right? Yeah, parental controls are intense. It's it's hard to say because I'm not a parent yet. And I could see how maybe sometimes, like, you give someone, uh, the kid, your phone or your iPad, and they're like, just do your thing. And they, you don't know what could pop up, right? And so if you have it on a certain controls, like, it, they could only look at certain things that you already have approved of. Yeah, that's true. Like, maybe on Netflix or something. Yeah, I mean, that or YouTube. Like, I, don't want, I don't want them watching Sex Life. Exactly. And that's the point. Hmm. Something to think about. But Kids Pop right here is just doing what Kids Pop normally does. I wonder how much kid money kids bops makes are they like a multi-gazillion dollar been company around for like decades. are they you know whoever's the ceo of kids bops somebody playing kids bop music for their kids that they are there's actually a site called pudding cool that they help you identify songs and lyrics changed by kids bop which i found really funny a little tidbit today well would you uh want your kids to listen to the original or the kids bop version at LGT shows where you can find us on social media. Uh, but we'll be back with more of Let's Go There right after this. Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Uh, so imagine you are listening to the radio and the radio host starts talking about someone and you realize it's you. Well, this happened to a TikToker, Sabina, who found out that her neighbor is a radio host after hearing him talk about her on the air. Uh, I don't know if we could play the TikTok right now. We can't. Yeah, we. I think we have a TikTok blocker. We need to do something about that here in the studio. <laughs> but basically it says... Yeah, maybe uh, it's a good thing for so no. it doesn't help your addiction. Um, so this radio host um, from this Chicago radio station says, I have a new neighbor and all she wants to do is talk, 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 talk. That's not what this is. I live here. And he says, don't talk to me regarding their conversations. Meanwhile, she's recording this all and just like staring at the camera. The video has gotten millions of views. He even posted in the comments like, hey, come on my radio show. I want to talk about this. Like, you're not really sharing the full story. So, (laughs) I mean, I think, I don't know if you think about this, Ryan, but sometimes when we talk about stories and things going on in our life, do you ever think, oh, is that person listening? Are they going to be insulted by that? I mean, I think it has come across our our minds, and I think... You know, that's why some things I don't share about personally, about my personal life or things like that. But to be honest, if it's a funny story, it's kind of what it is. And like, also, no one would have known that he was talking about her. She wouldn't have put it on TikTok. Right. 
I mean, she knew it was good content, obviously. Yeah, and my thing is, uh, talking about a neighbor that talks too much, that's a real thing. Don't talk to me. Exactly. It's accessible. And she probably was a bit embarrassed. She did apologize, saying she shouldn't have dragged him because then he got a lot of hate, actually. And she had to tell people, like, listen, he didn't mean anything bad by sharing this. He didn't say my name, right, or out her. If anything, she outed She outed everyone. Yeah. Which is, like, ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think about this. I think it comes with the territory of, like, what's happening in your personal life. Even, like, if you're a comedian and you're doing a stand-up, yep. like, you're talking about people in your, you know, your life and things like that. So it kind of makes sense. But, you know, some people don't want to be a part of your content. That's which true. Which, can be valid. But also, it's my life. It's my experience. You don't have a choice. What some people don't realize is a lot of times when we talk about things, I mean, we're being real. We're sharing. Right. You kind of also amp it up a bit. Right? Like you do amp it up a bit. There is a bit of performance to it. So if I'm talking about a typical date, I might spice it up a bit. Right? Yeah, I don't know if you necessarily have to. (laughs) For me personally, I don't need to spice it up because my life is pretty spicy. For some other people, they need to do that. Right? Don't look at me. I've never done that. (laughs) But I I do think it is. it can be weird if, one, you don't know what's going to happen. It could be a surprise. Yeah. Um, you've talked about, well, you mentioned people you you date and you know that it might be listening. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I've done that, but I've also, I knew they were listening because I told them, like, where they could listen. So uh-huh. kind of like that, like, I'm preparing them already that, like, oh, if, something, if I say something, I'm going to say something. Yeah. I've but had, then you also do have to respect people's boundaries yeah. and privacy. That's why yeah. you should never name who it is. And if it comes to a significant other, it's not like I'm putting them on social media anyway. Like, I'm not doing that. I don't do that. Yeah, true. I I mean, for me, I have talked about my parents. And we both have. Yeah. Uh, my mom has, li- like, listened to that. My mom does it. I We've talked about, obviously, personal stuff going on in our lives, which parent, my mom has listened. She's It's been very cringy for her. This, I mean, I bet. Uh, and uh, my partner uh, listens here and there. And then randomly, my ex-boyfriend listened yesterday because he's in Chicago. And he's listening on B96, the sister station. Shout out to everyone in Chicago. Hey, Chicago. You know, uh, and that was kind of interesting. I mean, I almost we felt impressed. We don't talk to, uh, talk about him anymore in the ways that we used to. That's true. He might be listening now. Yeah. That's you talk about? We should talk about him right now? No. Let's actually talk about how you said that you hated him so no. much now. That is a lie. Actually, that's actually true. She said it right when You're she found out. You're a troublemaker, Ryan Mitchell. Just saying. I'm so sorry. I, I can say what your name Rhymes with. <laughs> You're the worst. All right. Well, coming it rhymes up, with shark. All right. Uh, <laughs> coming up next, uh, Janet Jackson's Super Bowl scandal is going to be part of a new series. Plus, we've got drag star Rosemary Galore joining us next hour. Stick around. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Lots coming up on the show still today, including drag star Rosemary Galore is with us in 15 minutes. Yes, plus details on an upcoming series around the Janet Jackson Super Bowl scandal. That's in the T-Report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. A federal judge in Texas has just ruled that businesses that say they're religious and churches can fire LGBTQ people going against protections granted by the Supreme Court's decision in Bostock versus Clayton. A quote from last year, the case was brought on by longtime anti-LGBTQ activist Stephen Hotz's management firm, not even a religious organization, Braidwood Management, which he said was a Christian management firm. Um, And they filed their lawsuit in the right court because they got an anti-LGBTQ extremist judge, Reed O'Connor, as their judge. And O'Connor, unfortunately, ruled in their favor. Now, Democrats have reached a deal to slash Medicare drug costs, including insulin, which will be reduced to $35 a dose, down from $600. Here's Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. I'm pleased to announce that an agreement has been reached to lower prescription drug prices for seniors and families in the Build Back Better legislation. Fixing prescription drug pricing has consistently been a top issue for Americans year after year, including the vast majority of both Democrats and Republicans. The New York Democrat announced the deal that would cap out-of-pocket expenses at $2,000 per year. 
Uh, now, this is uh, breaking. Healthcare workers in New York have gone to the Supreme Court to challenge the state's COVID-19 vaccine mandate, arguing it violates their religious liberty rights. There is no exemption for workers who have religious objections to the mandate. And uh, this challenge is nearly identical to a recent case brought on by healthcare workers in Maine. Last week, the court allowed Maine's mandate to go forward over the objection of three justices. So we'll keep you updated on that, as well as any results coming from the election in Virginia since uh, the polling is closed. So those numbers to come very soon. That was what's trending this hour. It's going to take a, a while. Yeah. The, the numbers are too close. Soonish. Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Yeah. So the Janet Jackson's uh, infamous 2004 Super Bowl Nipplegate scandal is getting its own documentary. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So FX and Hulu are teaming up with the New York Times to bring fans, quote, this is the title, Malfunction, the dressing down of Janet Jackson. Oh. The team behind the show is the same that launched the um, Framing Britney Spears documentary. Um, and the new doc will debut November 19th at 10 p.m. And so, yeah, this movie is going to dive into the 2004 Super Bowl halftime show incident in which, I mean, everyone saw Justin Timberlake expose Jackson's breasts on live TV in front of millions upon millions of viewers. Um, the doc will also look into the racial and cultural aspects that influence attention around the alleged wardrobe malfunction. It will show rare footage and interviews with several people who were at the hem of the show. And um, also, it's of course, it's basically going to talk about all of the suits who basically effed over Janet at Viacom. Um, and so, apparently, they've reached out to everyone who was involved, dancers, stylists, directors. I mean, of course, neither Jackson or Timberlake are going to be taking part of this, but it's going to be really interesting. Some of the news that comes out about this. Um, the film yeah. will even examine how former CBS executive Les Moonves role um, in the scandal. And so, yeah, that's your tea report. Ooh, exciting. I'm excited for that. Now, uh, coming up, drag queen Rosemary Glore is joining us to talk about her new show in Palm Springs and how you can have drinks with her and us this Thursday. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. This Thursday, Channel Q is kicking off our first annual Divas in the Desert drag show galore. And joining us now is the star of the show, the fabulous Rosemary Galore. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. How are you? You know, we are living it up. I think this is like the most upbeat we've been feeling even in this show because you're here. Like, I'm feeling oh my it. God. Yeah, you're bringing well, in the positivity. <laughs> yeah, it's the sparkles, the glamour, everything. Exactly. So what, you know, what can people expect? You know, this is such a, a, a huge moment for us that we want to keep going. And I know that you have some amazing things planned. Mm. What can folks expect, especially if this is about to be their first drag show? Well, let's just say that I have with me my bevy of beauties, which are beautiful, larger than life, spectacularly talented. Everyone is going to have a fabulous freaking time. We are going to laugh together, have drinks together, enjoy some fabulous, fierce, gorgeous entertainment. We have Sabrina Williams. Oh, my God. She is just a spectacular showgirl. We have Veronica Salt, who is just the hottest little ticket right now. Let me tell you, I'm so excited to bring her out to the desert. And Alexa Cameron, who is a major force to be reckoned with, honey. Let me tell you. She does things that, I mean, you could not pay me to do the things that she does. Oh, I'm intrigued. Mm -mm. I mean, only the best for everyone that's out there listening, you know? Channel Q puts out the I best. I mean, come on. You know, we're only bringing the best to Morongo, you know? Yes, it is happening at Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. If you're wondering, uh, you could be there in person, 8 to 11 p.m. Drive, is it down or up? I always mix up the directions. Drive down there wherever you're coming Just from. Just put it in your map. Just put it in your <laughs> Yeah, and the doors open at uh, 7, and the first 25 people get a free drink when they get there. And we'll have a DJ so you can dance and have a good time before the show starts and after the show finishes. The DJ continues to spin for a few hours of enjoyment. And let me tell you, 
that drum room where the show is is spectacular. Ooh. It's like five million feet up into the air, and the view is just sensational. We're, it's just going to be such a fun time. Ooh, so what's the one thing that you like to let audiences know before coming to a drag show? Like, do they need to make sure they have their ones handy? Mm, yeah. Do they need to, like, what's the one thing that they have to make sure to prepare themselves for for this drag show? Uh, they need to prepare themselves to have the best time of their lives. They need to prepare themselves with, yes, of course, if they like what they see and they want to show their love, they can tip the girls in ones, five, tens, twenties, fifties, hundreds. Come on, you know, they take yes. all the nominations. And if you have any loose change, we ask that you just please gently roll it onto the ground <laughs> and do not throw it at the girls. They'll chuck quarters at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good luck. But you'll take it, hey. Yeah. Well, depending uh, on what yeah, type of show you're girls, into. Um, they're all vaccinated and everything. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's kind of an interactive experience. We're going to be, you know, right down there with you and everything. And we're just going to have a really fabulous time. It's just, you know, let's get back to some live entertainment, shall yeah, we? Definitely. And it's also a bit of a kickoff to Palm Springs Pride happening. It certainly is. I like to say, start your Pride Week off right with me. And my girls at Morongo. It's so much fun. It seems like you've I've done this before. You've I said this. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I don't call her a drag diva for nothing. She does. <laughs> well, thank you so much again for joining us, giving us a little tease of what's to come. Again, that was Rosemary Galore. Check her out. Morongo Casino Resort and Spa, along with our own AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon, who are going to be also part of this drag diva, a Rosemary Galore and Friends show on Thursday. Yeah, it's our first annual Divas in the Desert drag show galore. That's the official yeah, working baby. title. Yeah, there's a lot of different words and sayings going <laughs> on. And, you but know, you get the point. Working on it. Exactly. They all sound sensational. Thank you. <laughs> it's all about the attitude. Exactly. Thank you so much Sorry. again. We appreciate it. Hope to see you out there. My pleasure. Thank you, everybody. Bye. So much fun. I just want to drink now. I want to just sit back and have a show. That's what I'm talking about. But coming up... I'm excited to talk about this topic, the sex therapy that is being explored in Netflix's Sex, Love, and Goop, but is illegal in 49 states. What it's all about next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. A new series on Netflix is called Sex, Love, and Goop. Um, Goop, of course, Gwyneth Paltrow's kind of wellness platform. They've had another show before on Netflix that was all about yeah, like the know, first wellness. Show. The uh, first season. The first season. This is more focusing on sex specifically. So in one of the episodes, uh, two women undergo sexological body work for different sex concerns that they have. And it's actually a therapy that involves a practitioner touching uh, clients' genitals. And it is illegal in 49 states. And... So I, I found this really fascinating. I've kind of heard about things like this, but not the official term. And it could bring up a lot of questions for other people, which makes sense because it's um, intimate and it could be very triggering for obvious reasons. Um, according to this one, practice ethically, other sex and relationship experts support the practice, which is fascinating. Uh, is this something... I mean, I was going to ask uh, if well, you'd be interested. It was interesting because I when I vulva. yes, but I'm wondering <laughs> if, if men can do, or anyone with biological with uh, a penis can do it. Like if they're only involving people with um, a vulva, which is fascinating that they're only focusing on individuals that have that. But, well, I know why they're doing that because a lot of the work that Good Paltrow does specifically yes. is surrounded by folks with vulvas or just, you know, for cis women True. specifically to find and explore their body and be proud of their bodies. And so it's like a lot of times from what I've heard from her in interviews that mm -hmm. she's talked about this, it's like she had a hard time getting in touch with her sexual side of her body, what pleased her, what was into, what was a part of her. And I think a lot of things, when you watch a show like this, you see, you hear so many different perspectives um, of like folks being like, well, I don't even know my body. And so practices like this, therapy practices like this are like to help you kind of explore that yeah. unless they are taking advantage of, of oh, course. Exactly. I think this is really 
amazing and beautiful. I think that a lot of us don't even know the possibilities of how connected we can be in intimacy or with sex because of um, our own backgrounds and limitations around these things. And it could take an expert to really open that up for you. And the stories they tell on this show specifically, it's, it's pretty incredible how some of these folks, I mean, had a traumatized past around their body and possibly had never even had an orgasm or it had been painful and were able to get to the other side of that working with this practitioner. Mm-hmm. I, I just find that amazing because it, it. I would think that a lot of people would think this is very outside the box, that this probably seems very oh, out it is. there. It is very outside of the box. I mean, anytime you're giving your body up to someone for someone to kind of ex- explore, I can understand, especially when it comes to 49 states where this is illegal. unfortunately this country looks at sex differently than a lot of other countries and other places like there's it feels like religion plays a huge part of how we view sex here in this country specifically and and so that allows you know misogyny and the patriarchy to kind of take hold of who is allowed to explore your body there's really no sex positivity allowed and you know being sex positive is like this huge like like rebellious thing and it shouldn't really be like that people should be able to explore themselves and it's like because of the way the systems have been set up is the reason why a lot of people don't even know what their own vulva looks like or right. their own like you know anything anything, anything looks down like. there that yeah you see with the mirrors yeah like. and so it's you know i think we have to get to the place and i i'm i like I want to. I like the Goop series. I want to watch this show. Yeah, me too. I'm down for the cause. Uh, again, the show is on Netflix, Sex, Love, and Goop. You can check it out right now and let us know what you think. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that they're exploring this. It's definitely needed, including on a platform like that. So that's one thing on, I guess, Netflix is doing right. Uh, well, coming up next, is it okay to be jealous of your partner's celebrity crush? How do you deal with that? It's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. So we all have celebrity crushes, I feel. But do you get jealous when your partner has one? And is there a point where it goes too far? I think if you get jealous, you probably shouldn't be in a relationship. Because <laughs> you got other things to work on. You don't think it's just natural like to have it's- a little bit of like... Something come up for me. Why would you have something come up with someone uh, that is never going to like come this be is around? The thing. I have to be real. Though we're in a city, like in the past, that was true. A celebrity was a celebrity. You are a regular person. Not the same these days. You have more of a chance of bumping in and sl- and connecting with someone because of social media. That's and all not that true. I don't before. think that's true. Especially on social media, celebrities are not checking their their DMs. They're not checking like people like hitting them up or anything like. And also. Yes, we live in Los Angeles, but you rarely see famous people. Possibly, but I feel like, you know, you could maybe manifest and attract something like... That's not how that works. Just saying, it's this idea that in the past a fantasy would stay a fantasy. But then there's always, uh, in some relationships, I don't know if you've experienced this, where you have the past, like the celebrity past. Like if you bump into the celebrity ever, you get a pass to hook up with them. Yeah, like a hall pass. Yeah, hall pass. Yeah. Have you done Have you done that before or had that? I've never hooked up with a celebrity. But I do have, I mean, I think everyone has a hall I pass. I don't think right? I've ever actually, I, I have talked about celebrity crushes, but I've never asked about the hall pass. I don't know, yeah, I don't know what my partner would feel about that. He revealed to me that he has a crush on Fiona Apple. And I wasn't jealous. Oh, that makes sense. I love Fiona Apple, by the way. But... It was the way he talked about her. That was like, it was just like, wow, she's just such an amazing person. And I would just love to have dinner with her and just pick her brain and just spend the night with her. And I was like, uh-huh. Uh, okay. You really got jealous over that? <laughs> and then I thought to myself, like, well, then what if you did meet Vita Apple? What if she was like, I'm in, I think you're awesome. Where is he ever going to meet I don't Fiona know. Apple? It could happen. Just saying. Ooh. Is this what it feels like to be in a hetero relationship? <laughs> Just getting jealous over little things? Producer Vanessa, do you get jealous over stuff like this? I don't, but uh, 
the person that I'm seeing got jealous of me saying that someone on a Netflix show was sexy. From, no way! I was like, oh wow, they're sexy. Like it was about sexy beasts, and then they reveal their faces, and I was like, wow, they're sexy. Like I totally get why they would want to hide who they, how they are, because then you're gonna go based on looks. And I, and well, I just sexy said they were beast, sexy. Depending on if that person is in your city, sexy beast is a competition, se- not a competition series, but like a dating a reality show. Yeah, it's like a dating, like a blind dating situation where regular people hide behind like mask and like full on prosthetic makeup and stuff and then they reveal each other at the end and they were still sexy and depending on <laughs> if you meet them I mean they're regular people depending on who this person is if they are in LA there is a possibility versus a celebrity well I have an actual celebrity crush that I have DM and who has DM me <laughs> oh I'm Guys, saying already it's real know this. I've told you well yeah that. I know yeah but I don't think I think I he thinks chance. she's a fan that. No, I know he knows he has a chance. Very much a fan. Um, I've never experienced that. Like, here's the thing: like, I'm not getting jealous over someone that I know my partner would have no chance of getting to. See, I guess I always think in a more, uh, I think more of my partner. Like, I think he. What's wrong with them having that crush? I because just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean your hormones and you're not looking anymore. Totally, I I agree with that. I do agree with that. Sometimes I wonder if when they you look were ready at, to break up uh, no, no, with no. him over Fiona Sometimes Apple. I wonder if when they're looking at someone, I'm kind of like, well, I think they're hot too. Maybe I'm going to get a piece of that and not well, you. This took a turn. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. Now, Out Magazine's Out 100 list is here. This is something that a lot of us look forward to every single year. It's the 300th issue. Can you believe it? Crazy. One of the cover stars is getting our Yaz Queen, including Out Magazine, because it's always a great thing. But Sarah Ramirez is one of those featured. Uh, The actor who uses they, them pronouns is best known for their landmark LGBTQ role on Grey's Anatomy. And said it was this part that helped them feel seen and discover more about themselves. I know you're a Grey's Anatomy fan. So yes. You know a bit more about Sarah and their role there. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Like, honestly, this is, like, really cool to see them on the um, on the cover of What's Your Face of the Out 100 this yeah. time around. And also to see them kind of be on Sex in the City as well. Like, I'm happy uh-huh. that they're back into the spotlight. They're, com- they're you know, taking on acting again because I think they found themselves and you know it's it's just really wonderful to see like it's it's really really cool definitely so you can check that out right now it is out as a magazine and on a line at out.com that's our yes queen of the day yes queen and that also does it for our show today but we are back tomorrow weekdays here live on channel Q 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. On tomorrow's show, we're bringing you any results that we have at that point from the election today, including if any LGBTQ candidates won. And if you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and subscribe. We are Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. It's so easy. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris, where he's talking about dealing with marital loneliness next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.